0: Amen. I want to talk to you about building with bruises and we had the Lord had put this on my heart already uh, before today and I felt it was appropriate as we look into Isaiah chapter 42 verse 1 but building with bruises I don't know about you about ordering things online. But I'm an Amazon junkie, okay? So it's, I'm, I'm the meme where the UPS guy wonders if you don't order anything in a while. If you're not there or something's wrong with you, he's going to in on you. I'm that guy. So me and the UPS guys, we have a deep, intimate relationship. But uh, uh, just it's easier. I don't know. But uh, so... You know, sometimes you order furniture, and we've ordered furniture before online, like a desk or a dresser or something, and you get it. And how many know that the pieces from China are rarely ever there, right? Or it doesn't even work, or you can't read the instructions, so I don't know about you. But sometimes you'll go to the toolbox, or maybe to your shed or something, and you'll get the screws you know work. Because quite often, all those screws strip out anyway, and you can't even use them because they're made out of plastic or something, right? So you go get the better ones from Ace Hardware, and you, you do your own thing. And so what happens is you realize the original design was faulty, right? Because you know better. And so probably what you did to improve it uh, with the real deal from, you know, your shed of, or your uh, drawer of mixed items that everyone has that you conceal from your friends and family that has all kinds of junk in it. You can hodgepodge and piece this thing together and it's probably never, a tornado can happen. And man, that dresser is still going to be there. I bought a lawnmower one time online from Lowe's. Believe it or not, you buy a lawnmower online. So I bought a lawnmower online and it worked great and was good, but it always was dying. And the battery, would uh, the batter, I'd have to charge the battery all the time. Come to find out that uh, the solenoid was bad on it, and I'd get it picked up by Lowe's all the time. Like four or five times I'd have this thing picked up. And every time they put a new one on it, it'd keep dying, keep dying. And I'm not a mechanic, so I uh, talked to the guy. said, look, we've got to find an arrangement here. So he knew a lot more than I did. So he goes to an older machine that was bigger and puts a bigger one on. And since then, it has worked great. Never had a problem since. Because the original design was faulty but it took someone knowing about the thing knowing about the machine a mechanic someone who knew a master builder or an architect it knew some, someone who knew that the design was weak and how to best improve it you see from the very beginning from birth because of sin in this world our original design is weak we are born frail. We're born fragile. Man, uh, we injure easily. You, you're chopping onions. You can cut your finger. I mean, we just it doesn't take much to injure a human being. Uh, that's why we have seatbelts and all the things that we do just to protect us, to keep us staying alive. Uh, it's not hard to hurt us. We don't live forever. The Bible says we're a flower quickly, quickly faded. Uh, it doesn't even take much to hurt us emotionally or physically or em- mentally or emotionally. Man, we carry injuries around with us throughout our entire life from things that in our childhood. Those, Im- those images or those problems are still there. We're even so easily injured that if we have a bad experience at a drive through it affects us all day long. Somebody say amen. I mean, that's how easily injured we are physically, mentally, emotionally. So there's a problem with our design. And I want to talk to you about that master builder that can come to us and build us in our broken pieces. Have you ever had moments in your life where you have just been holding on by a thread? Have you had those moments where you feel like you are about to burn out? Everything piles on and piles on and piles on. And how many know 2020 is that year for many people, myself included? So one more thing, God, and I'm done. One more thing, and that's it. And we go through those moments in life, but God builds better with broken pieces. If there's anything I want you to remember today is that, is God builds better with broken pieces. Let's look at that. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 1. Let me give you the background. God had desired to use Israel to reach the world. And this nation of Israel had a civil war and was divided. They turned inward. They turned to man's kingdom as an example of how to build God's kingdom. They started exalting pride and power and pleasure as the human ideal. That we should lift ourselves up by our own bootstraps. We should look to other nations on how we should be powerful and build up our military and, and exalt one another. And the rich shall be the mighty. And they begin to build up themselves. And Isaiah comes to them and he says, guys, you are nothing but a blind and deaf servant for the Lord. You have failed in your calling. You are nothing. You are broken And your way of serving God, God wanted you to serve him and serve the nations, but you've broken. So what God is going to do is he's going to send a true servant, his own servant. He's going to send and he's going to show you what God is really interested in and what God is his kingdom really looks like and what God uses to build his kingdom. And that's bruised and broken people. If you're there in Isaiah 42, somebody say Amen. All right. Isaiah chapter 42, verse one. He says this. Behold, my servant. Everybody say my servant. my servant. Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He'll bring forth justice to the nations. He'll not cry out or raise his voice nor make his voice heard in the street. And this is the key verse for today. Verse three, a bruised reed he will not break in a dimly burning wick. He will not extinguish. That is that's the underlying verse for today. That verse has been in my heart for weeks. A bruised reed he will not break in a dimly burning wick. He will not extinguish. What does that mean? But Let's go on. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He'll not be disheartened or crushed until he's established justice in the earth. And the coastlands will wait expectantly for his law. Thus says God the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and its offspring, who gives breath to the people on it and the spirit to those who walk in it. He says, I am the Lord. I've called you in righteousness. I will hold you by the hand and watch over you. I'll appoint you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in the darkness from the prison. Does that sound like anybody to you? Sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? Let me give you a couple of things real quick. He says, number one, this is my servant. What does it mean for servant? Servant. There's a story in Matthew chapter 12 where Jesus is on the Sabbath day. He comes to a man with a withered hand and he comes up to him. And he heals the man's withered hand on the Sabbath day. Well, this makes religious people mad because you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. And they had added so many laws and addendons to the, to the traditions of their ancestors that they said they can't even heal anybody on the Sabbath. And Jesus rebukes them and he says, Man, if your sheep is injured or falls into a well, wouldn't you even help your sheep on a Sunday, on a Sabbath day? It would be Saturday for them. A Sabbath day? He says, Well, how much more valuable to God... <laughs> Is this man then a sheep? And Jesus began to turn on their head the religious things of building up ourselves and building up pride and kingdom and power uh, in man's kingdom. And Matthew immediately quotes our text from today. because This is very important. He immediately quotes the verses that we just read in Isaiah. He says, My servant, he'll bring forth justice to the nations. He'll lead justice to victory. And in his name, the Gentiles will hope. You see, Jesus came for you and for me to bring justice. You and I were without any hope for justice. Man, we, we, if you examine your life and you realize how weak and fragile it is, you realize how injured you are, you realize what is any hope over death in your life, that if you were to face death by yourself, man, there would be no hope, that you, you know you're a sinner. I know I'm a sinner, that there is no case for justice. I am guilty, condemned to die a sinful death and to go to hell without God for all of eternity. That is my natural condition. That is what I have been born in this life as. And Jesus comes and he conquers death. In Isaiah 53, it says that he wouldn't just come as a servant, but he would come as a suffering servant. In his body, Isaiah says he would be pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, chastening for our well-being. And while men all in Jesus' day were fighting for power, Jesus says, but even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. God says, I'm sending you people who don't deserve any justice. I'm sending him to take the justice that's due you. Think about that today. If you were to go to court alone, apart from God, apart from Jesus, you'd be condemned. And Jesus comes to bring a justice. And I'm thinking, God, this justice isn't even the right word here. It's really judgment. And one translation even says Judgment. It's that, no, I, I, he came and I could have been judged, but yet he came and he bore my iniquities, he bore my sorrows, he bore in his body on the cross all of the judgment that was due me so that I could have justice. Somebody say amen. amen. That's the good news. And he says, this is your hope. And so like this, if you are like and I today, we are like that withered man. We are like that hand and, and Sabbath day and and man has pushed us aside and and, man, maybe your life feels apart and withered and dried up. And you're like, what hope is there? This hand is useless. My life is useless. There's nothing I can do. There's no good in me. Man, and if you were to set yourself up against the worldly standards, maybe we're not as pretty as the world. Maybe we're not as rich as the world. We're not as powerful or as wealthy as the world. Who am I, Some, somebody in the middle of central Louisiana? Who am I to the nation's rulers and Hollywood's elites? I'm a nobody. But Jesus comes in the middle of a day of nobodies. He says, man, that person who's withered up and dry and everyone says it's useless and you shouldn't even touch him. He touches that withered life and he makes it new. He brings justice. When we've been pushed aside, when there's no hope, for those who realize I'm not going to make it without him, Jesus takes hold of that broken life. And brings new life. He's a servant. Number two, he's a gentle king. You've heard of hostile takeovers. We live in the day of Enron and all these major corporate failures and all these things. Hostile takeover, that's where somebody wants to buy a company. So they try to buy off all the shareholders and undercut that company. Or they'll try to buy out the management or take out the management, fire them or however they can do it. So they can get enough play in that that business to take it over. This is happening all over the world today. Instead of a hostile takeover, Jesus would bring a gentle takeover. Watch this. The rulers of this world, think about it, all since the beginning of time have paid for their palaces, their statues with the blood of oppression. Through violence and murder and war, nations have been built and established. But Jesus said in John 18, My kingdom is not like the kingdoms in this world. He's a different kind of king. Somebody say amen. He's a gentle Jewish carpenter. Think about this, gentle Jewish carpenter. He did not cry out in the streets demanding allegiance. He did not cry out in the streets demanding notoriety. The Bible says that he was comely, that he was not someone to be uh, admired, that he was just something even, the Bible says he wasn't even handsome in appearance, that even though crowds drew to him, he often withdrew himself alone to pray. He would heal people mightily, and he would say, don't tell anybody. He was not about building himself. This is the king of the universe. The one who deserved all praise and power. Who angels bow down 24 hours a day. From the beginning of creation to the end of it all. They will sing holy, holy, holy. And he comes and he makes himself of no reputation. When Herod was exalting himself, when Pilate was exalting himself, when his own disciples were saying, Lord, who can I be at your throne? Can I be first in line in heaven? Jesus says, You can have it if you want to drink from the cup of suffering that I drink from. He comes as a gentle king. He was not, though, without power. This gentle king would create the most powerful kingdom on the face of the earth. Everywhere he would step, light would shine in the darkness. Everywhere he would step, demons would flee. People who passed by him, even touching his clothes, would be miraculously healed. He released those bound in sin. He opened blind eyes. He released deaf ears. He opened mute tongues. He healed the sick and raised the dead. And only he was the one who rescued those from the dominion of darkness and transferred them to the kingdom of God. And it's him in whom the whole world will sing his praise joyfully for all eternity. I think about this gentle king, and I ask myself, Heath, have you allowed for a gentle takeover in your life? I grew up in Pentecostal circles, so I grew up in the Assemblies of God, and they used to say this all the time. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. How many people have heard that before? The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. It's just like Jesus. Jesus didn't come. He's not going to come to you and demand your allegiance. He's got all the power you need. All the power you could ever need. And he comes with a gentle whisper. He comes with a soft embrace. The Bible says that God sings songs over us, that he even whispers over us. He thinks about us even at night when we sleep. The psalmist said, and he whispers and he's saying, "Hey, would you give me control of your life? Would you allow me to mend the bruises? Would you allow me to take the things that aren't right in your life and make them right? Come to me, all oh, you are weak and heavy laden. I will give you rest." That's Jesus. Is that your Jesus? That's my Jesus. He's polite. Have we surrendered our life to the gentle moving of the Holy Spirit? You see, sometimes we're looking for power. We're looking for demonstration. We're looking for a takeover. But maybe God wants to do a gentle takeover in your life. Maybe he just wants to speak to your soul who he wants you to be. Tell you his love for you. And just allow you to surrender the reins of your life to the gentle control of this master. He's a gentle king. And lastly, he likes to deal with bruised reeds. I uh, took some counseling classes recently and, uh, child, on child abuse and domestic abuse. And one of the things we learned was uh, the color of bruises can indicate uh, the severity of the injury. Not only that, but there's a timeline on bruises. They change color. If you have a very severe one, you know, it starts out a certain color and gets, you know, turns to yellow, then to green, and, and eventually it shows how deep it was and how long it's been. And there are even moments in people who have been abused that they have bruises on top of bruises, and you can even tell that. And I think in this life, there are so many people covered with bruises. If you deal with injured people before, a lot of times they will cover them up. They'll wear their long shirts. They'll cover them. Even long, young children will not tell their teachers about what's going on in their life because they have these bruises. No, hide these bruises. And I think that's just like us. I don't want anybody to see what happened to me when I was a child. I don't want to see anybody see the real me on the inside. I'm not telling anybody what's going on in my life. And yet God up in heaven, he sees all these bruises. He knows them layers upon layers of bruises. And he says, a bruise reed he will not break. What does that mean? A bruised reed is that little reed that's hanging on by a tender thread. It's a, something that would be around marshes, and they was, sometimes they were a hollow reed, right? We have cattails and things like that here in Louisiana, but it was a, a reed, and sometimes you could make flutes with it, right? Uh, but these reeds, even if an animal trampled through it in the marsh, they would break, or even if a bird could land on it, sometimes it would bend over and it would be useless. You couldn't use it for building anything or stacking anything or even making a flute. And it says that Jesus is so gentle in your life, even in the most serious of injuries, that Jesus doesn't beat up broken people. He is so gentle, so soft, so sweet, so lovely that even a bruised reed, this little piece of grass that is bent and is never can be standing up straight again. He will not even injure that. And he goes on, he says, a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not put out that flame that's got to go. I don't know that you don't buy those expensive candles at Walmart, you know, the the Betty Crocker candle, what are they, home and garden? And t- I don't know what they are now, but there's some $10 candles. Now, i tell you what, I've bought some of those $10 candles before, and I just regret it, but sometimes, you know, you get to that, and you use it in your house or your office, and what happens? You have about like 50% of the wax still left, and no wick. You know how many know what I'm, I'm complaining? Know what I'm talking about? It's like what is the point of this? And you know, you're just trying to, you move that little piece of metal that's in there at the bottom and it's got a little bit, and you're trying to stick it in the wax and keep it going because I've got to get my money out of this. Can- Am I the only person here like, like this? Okay, all right. And he says, even then, you know when that candle gets to go out and it's getting low on that wick, it starts smoking and you know, oh great, it's about to be done. I can't throw the candle away, it's useless. Same thing. There's something that had value At one time, that was you and us, me, before all this sin stuff happened in our life, before all the bruises, before all the injury. And a lot of times in this world, they just say, well, just throw that candle out. It's useless. What's the point of keeping it? He says, I won't even put out a smoldering wick. Why? Man, he is the flame of the Holy Spirit. He is the refining fire. He is one that blows through us with a gentle breeze and lights a flame in our life. And maybe today you have been hanging on by a thread like a bruised reed. Maybe today you have been at your wits end and you think, Man, if one more f- breeze comes in this life, one more f- thing just blows through here, Man, I'm going out. This, is, this, this wick is done. This life is over or my emotional state. I just Whatever it is, man, I can't take any, not one more event in my life can I take. Jesus builds better with broken pieces. He builds his kingdom on people just like this. Everybody wondered, what in the world, what is this Jesus doing? Going to tax collectors and prostitutes. He comes to grieving widows whose son is being buried, and he says, don't weep. And he raises her son from the dead. Sinful women begin to wash his feet, and they say, put them away, put them out. And he says, no, let her rejoice, let her worship. This is the kingdom of heaven, just like that. These people are the kingdom of heaven. This is what church is all about. Are you with me today? This is what church is all about. This is the character of our God. He builds the most powerful nation in the world with broken people. Welcome to the broken. That's what we're all about. That's what this ministry is all about. That's what our church is. Is all about. It's okay to be broken because Jesus builds the best things with broken pieces. It pleased the Lord, even the Bible says, to bruise him because we were bruised. Isn't that something? It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He became acquainted with our grief. The Bible says, because the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. But our problem today is this sometimes, like Israel, we only value what the world values. We look down on broken pieces. We don't think much of ourselves. We don't think much of others. Sometimes we don't want God to build with our bruises. We hide them. We don't want people to see our brokenness. We don't confess it to one another like James says, and be healed. We would say, God, build my life on my talents. God, build it on my good looks. Build it on my intelligence. Let people think good things about me, God. Show the world how great and how wonderful I am, Father. He says, but maybe I want to make your mess into the biggest message for my people, for my kingdom. Will we let God make our mess into his message? Will we allow God to build the best things with our broken pieces? And let this gentle king, this servant, take our bruised reeds, take our smoldering wicks and say, God, we trust you that you build the greatest things, the best things with broken pieces. Amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads with me and worship team, would you come? Father, we come to you today as broken people. Lord, and that's okay. God, we know that, uh, Lord, this has been a hard year for many people. Many of us, Lord, there are people in our church losing jobs. We've lost a dear friend this week, Lord. We have many things we're going through with the riots and the violence. And, Lord, in the streets, Lord, the anarchy ruling our country. God, with this epidemic, this virus plaguing the entire world, Lord, who else but you can bring something great out of this broken mess? Who else but you can restore the soul? Who else but you, Lord, can take a broken and messed up life and make it into one of the greatest stories? God, here we are, Lord. Father, I'm praying that we would realize, Lord, the value that you see in broken people. God, that this church, this this kingdom that you have, Lord, is all about building on the lowly, those who are poor in spirit, the meek, Lord, that's who's going to inherit the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, we identify as that, Lord, that we are nothing without you. Lord, don't build on my pride. Don't build on my talents. Don't build on my power or my intelligence. God, build up on my brokenness. God, take our broken pieces, Lord, and say, God, Lord, you can make it better. You can add the right screws. You can reinforce it with the right things. You can take out the wrong parts and put in a better part, God, and you can make it better than it ever was. Lord, forgive us for trying to build up our lives and fix it. Lord, forgive us for, Lord, trying to just push through and ignore the pain and the problems. But God, we can just run to you, Lord, this gentle King the suffering servant. God, a bruised reed you will not break. Lord, a smoldering wick you will not put out. Lord, we come to you, Lord God. Lord, us who are weak and weary and say, Lord, give us rest. Lord, give us peace. God, do in us what you want to do. Build something great out of Sanctuary Family Worship Center. Build something great out of these lives, Lord, that are here today. God, let us see your kingdom come, your will be done. God, it is not about us, it's all about you. What can Jesus do with our lives? What can Jesus do with our lives? God, we welcome you in this place today. Lord, I know this message is just for today, God. You put it in my heart, Lord, earlier this week, Lord, not knowing what today would be all about. God, I know today, Lord, you want to do something special in us, God. You're going to get us through the next days, weeks, and months. God, I pray increase. God, in our minds, in our hearts, in our finances, I pray increase, Lord, in this church. God, against all the things that would be dark and depressing and discouraging, God, we speak light in the darkness. Lord, we speak hope in hopeless places. God, we speak rejoicing in the times... Lord, after mourning is over, God, we speak that there is a coming rejoicing, Lord. God, Lord, bring bring that peace that only you can bring. We ask you to do it even now in this moment. You're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus. God, you can do that. It's all about him. It doesn't take a special prayer or someone doing something in your life. It's between you and the Lord. Say, Lord, I repent of my sin. I receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. You believe that he is who he says he is and he wants to do what he wants to do in your life you just surrender right where you are right now ask the lord to take away your sin wash you white as snow and surrender your life to him and pray for that born again experience where the holy spirit's going to come in your life everything is going to be made new you're going to sense something living inside of you and he's going to begin to talk to you and put a fire inside you that was never there before not something religion can conjure but only something the Holy Spirit can do and if you're here today and you're hiding bruises upon bruises you don't even know what color you are anymore if you feel like you're about to burn out and blow out we just surrender to the Lord ask God to build something great you know by faith that he will would you stand with me today we're going to worship the Lord in the next few moments in this song and let that be your altar if you want to find a place to pray you're welcome to do that You want to stand there or sit at your seat? Just know this. Jesus was bruised and broken for you, that you might be healed. Amen? Let's sing this song together.